Well, we love our mamas here. What would we do in the earth without our mamas? And we're very excited to just celebrate with Naomi and Rachel and, of course, Paul and Trenton as well and Phineas and Samuel, who will be welcoming a brother. So, um, yeah, we're celebrating with you guys and we look forward to praying. I do think that's interesting about the home groups that um, each of the, well, three out of the four had to postpone because of sickness in each group. Um, and I, I don't think that's accidental. I think it's a little kickback. The enemy doesn't like that forward step. As we talked about, it, it would be a, a good and wholesome thing to meet together in homes. But I believe this is more than this, that. I believe it was an ordained step for us. So when you move forward, oftentimes there's a little bit of kickback. But I don't think we're going to be deterred. I think we're going to continue moving forward. So um, Davey and Robin did kick us off today. Uh, how did it go? Any, you want to, like, share anything about it? Okay, who was there? Naomi was there. Krista was there. Paul was there. Sue was there. Oh, go. Nicholas. All right. It was good. Anything, any specifics you got? Was it challenging? Y'all don't want to admit it. Okay, yeah, you got to watch out for the Ferraros, even their baseline benchmark. You'll be like, wait, that's my max. Beyond my max. Well, I'm very excited that Davey and Robin are doing that. Um, you know, we want to encourage everybody. You are all ministers, okay? Uh, every one of us has a ministry. And uh, we encourage you to do what God's leading you to do. We want to get behind you and cheer you on. So we're excited to cheer Davey and Robin on in doing the ministry that's in their hearts, physical well-being, training, nutrition. So I'm excited about that and excited about the rest of the groups, too. Um, and so, Adani, what about are you guys going to go tomorrow or Noel? Oh, so we're going to have to postpone yours again. Well, you're, are you going to go tomorrow? So, Okay, so you're not going to meet tomorrow. Okay, you're going to go next week. Okay, well, by the grace of God, we bless you. We bless Noel. Ask that the Father would just touch her right now. Um, and then Monday, Colbertson's. You guys on at Megan and Caroline's house? Awesome. We bless you to all to have wellness and that that meeting would be full of the Holy Spirit. And then Tuesday, the Johnsons will be hosting their home group. Uh, Uncle Tim and Aunt Debbie are out at the Ichthus Festival today. Um, so not going to go into this now, but this ministry and, and me personally, we have a real tie to Servant Heart Farm, to those grounds. Those 109 acres are very special uh, to this ministry. I believe they're very special to God. And I believe there's still a future for our interactions out there as we've had those in the past. All right. You know, I've um, mentioned this a couple times recently uh, that for more than a year, I didn't feel grace or a leading to speak um, or give a message here. Those of you who have been here 
realize that. But um, I love the grace of God because he gives and he takes away. And uh, I have just felt a grace to say a few things. And as those of you who were here last week know, during our worship time, uh, I just really was impressed in my heart that God wanted to stir up some things that he's spoken to our hearts in the past. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you of things I've spoken to you. And I felt like it was a leading for this community, some of the things he's spoken over this community. But I also believe it's for you personally that God wants to stir up and remind you of things he's spoken to your heart, promises you have from God, scriptures that he's imprinted on your heart. I believe it's now time uh, to fan into flame. And uh, Paul said that to Timothy, he says, uh, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. Um, that's not just spiritual gifts or natural gifting ability that we have, but also the gifts of words he's given us. So I pray that'd be happening for each one of you, that um, there would be a stirring of your hearts and that uh, there would be a wind from God's spirit. You know, a human wind, um, <clears throat> the wolf, his big, big bad breath, you know, that's not going to do anything for our promises. But the wind of God, the pneuma of the Holy Spirit, um, that can inflame those coals that are on the altar of our hearts and get them burning. And Paul said to Timothy, he said, um, I remind you to remember, I remind you, remember the words that were spoken over you, the prophecy spoken about you, and the instructions I've given you, so that by them, you can fight the good fight. Um, and we don't have to take in our own strength and be like, or our own mind, what were those words that God said? I, I got to fight with them. God doesn't need that mode, okay? We let him remind us. We thank him for what he said. And then we simply agree with that. And if he leads you to do some action to demonstrate that word, if you just feel like writing out and like uh, expounding on it with God, that's great. If you feel moved to testify to somebody um, about it, that's great. Really, though, the, the foundation of it is just agreeing with God. It's agreement with God. Out of that agreement, there may be actions, okay? But faith is basically agreement with God's word. You know, if it's something else, then it's born of what we do. You know, it's, and God's not honoring any human's works. What he says to our hearts, we agree. That's, that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. <clears throat> so, um, that connects with what I'm going to talk about tonight. And uh, one other thing I'll say before I get into the specifics, you know, um, the body of Christ at large, at least in America, has been through quite a journey in recent years. You know, with uh, the breakout of that thing that I don't even want to say its name, it's just disgusting to me. That thing that messed with us, messed with um, all kinds of things. And again, I don't, don't really want to talk about it more than just to mention it. That and some, a number of other things, we've gone through a lot, okay? 
And in the body of Christ, uh, the portion of the body of Christ that has been open to God speaking things presently, either about what's going on presently or speaking about what's happened in the past with God's unction or forecasting, those are just different explanations of the prophetic, okay? Not every person in the body of Christ is open to the prophetic ministry, but this is absolutely a ministry that was founded. Uh, we were born out of that. Um, I was delivered in a, in a living room, drugs full of my body, and an 18-year-old uh, prophesied, and I hadn't even been around that stuff, and I was delivered in an instant. Two weeks later, met Karis, and the rest is history. Um, so I owe it to God's spirit. It says, I-, I owe him everything. He doesn't owe me anything, but I owe him everything. And I owe him specifically to be receptive to the prophetic ministry without which I'd be dead, you know? So uh, I'm not backing down from that. But I, I also... Um, will say that over the last couple years, the body of Christ has had some, uh, some sting and some pain, and I would even say some injury regarding the prophetic ministry. And uh, God uses all things for good for those who love him and are call- called according to his purpose. So even the uh, confusion, the sting, the pain, uh, or even injury that's come the prophetic ministry, corporately or individually, I believe God is in all that. And our job is not to make sense of it all. Our job is not to um, complain about it. Our job is not to close off our hearts and do what the Bible says not to do. Do not despise prophecy. Um, It's a command, you know. It's one of the most precious things God's given us because it says, he who prophesies edifies. And Satan, he's the destroyer. He wants to tear you down, which is the opposite of edification. So it's no wonder that he's come so hard against that part of the body of Christ, either shutting whole movements and whole congregations off to the reality of it, or causing people to mishandle it. Anyway, I don't want to say much more about that because I just want to get right to it. But I I do want to say if you have experienced some pain, some confusion, even some injury, if it's caused some bitterness of heart or some hard-heartedness or some closing of doors, that's okay. That's okay. You are understood and you are forgiven. Okay? Um, We see in part. We prophesy in part. So praise God for those who have been courageous to step out and prophesy to the best of their ability. Nobody has done it perfectly. But we don't want to, as the saying goes, throw the precious baby of prophecy out with the dirty bathwater. He's cleaning up the the infant uh, of the prophetic gift. we got to grow up a lot, but just because the baby is making a mess in its diapers and is having some trouble walking, do we discount that baby? No, that, that baby's learning. So we're still in the baby stages of stewarding the prophetic ministry. But by the grace of God, we are not going to back down. And personally, I, I have endured quite a bit 
And I'm not here to talk about those details either. I don't want to talk about them. I've endured quite a bit regarding the prophetic ministry. Mostly, I, I've been so protected, and uh, it hasn't come from outside people prophesying to me that's, you know, hurt me. Uh, it's more than, uh, it's cost me what I've said. Um, it's, it's, it's cost me. But, you know, like Jeremiah said, Lord, I prophesied, you tricked me. It caused me all kinds of problems. He's like, I said I wasn't going to say it anymore. And God's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're a chosen child. I formed you. you. Let me turn up the heat in your bones. And, and Jeremiah's like, and it was like a fire in my bones. I'm like, I must prophesy. So in that vein, it's been a long time since uh, I've trumpeted this kind of stuff. It's been a long time since I've spoken at all. Um, but there's a fire in my bones. And I'm not backing off because it... Uh, may cost me some pain or may uh, disrupt uh, some people's emotions or uh, make some demons growl and grit their teeth. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to be faithful. And I'm here to, to prophesy according to the measure of my faith. I understand that uh, no person has the perfect perspective. But I do want to be faithful to what he's put on my heart. What I'm going to talk about tonight, I actually haven't unpacked in fullness for over seven and a half years, okay? This idea first was coming to me regarding this region, central Kentucky, and even specifically where we are in Wilmore, all the way back in 2006, 16 years ago. And it was uh, January of 2015 in Chris and Sue's house. We had been for years, um, we had a church called Foundations Fellowship, and we would minister in the house um, and we rotate from our house to the Sanders, to Chris and Sue's. God did a lot of amazing stuff. Well, Karis and I sensed we were being called into this work, okay? And so we fully transitioned in 2015. And this was my last, this was our last meeting there at um, Foundations Fellowship. And they prayed for us that night. They prayed a sending prayer and sent us into the ministry that God had called us to, like Paul and Barnabas. Um, but anyway, uh, it was a powerful night, but that night I shared the message. We had different people who would share messages, and I shared the message that night, and I didn't have this, like, mapped out before. God's power just rushed on me, and I was proclaiming with a lot of backing from God's Spirit um, the flood that was coming to Wilmore. And um, I want to talk about that tonight. It's been seven and a half years since that real proclamation. It's like I had a seed of it in 2006, and then a little blossom came up in uh, 2015, but then it's like, it's been dormant, okay? It's, it's still been in my heart, but it, it hasn't been time to, like, you know, release it or show it. But I, I'm going to seek the grace of God to do that tonight. And there's quite a bit that goes into it and behind it. I'm not going to share all the details and all the confirmations. We, get, we couldn't even do that in the remaining time. I'm going to get to you the main idea, okay? And then a, a couple of things to set the stage. But it's pretty simple in the main points. And there's a lot of cool analogies that are within the analogy. Jesus often talked about things in the earth, concepts that we were familiar with. He said the kingdom of God is like 
you know, a mustard seed. It grows into a branches that can host the birds, but it starts really small. It's like leaven. It's mixed in and it expands. He used all kinds of things. So this whole move of God that we're expecting in the earth, in America, in central Kentucky, in Nicholasville, Lexington, Wilmore, it can't all be perfectly and fully described by a flood. But God has used that in my heart, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But there are many different analogies um, that we could look at, just like he gave us very, uh, a big variety of analogies from Old and New Testament about the way he works. I call this the threefold flood, okay? The threefold flood, because there's three elements that I have perceived that will be main parts of this flood, okay? The first part are the wells, okay? The the depths. When the flood came um, in Noah's day, it said all the fountains of the deep were op- opened up. So it flooded up from the ground and deep artesian wells, deep wells came forth. <clears throat> and with those wells, there's some participation on our part, okay? We dig the wells. That's the hard work. That's where you get muddy. That's where you get messy. Not even have some arguments. Hey, you just hit my toe with your shovel. and You're barely doing anything. You're taking too many breaks, okay? So we've been in digging mode, and it's, you know, been a little bit messy. But if we can keep our eyes focused on the prize, we're going to hit the water, and then we're going to drink. And when you get a well, it just keeps coming up. You're going to keep drinking, all right? So the wells are for digging and then for drinking. Second element is rain. The rain comes down, and the rain impacts everything. All that rain in Noah's day, it fed into the wells, and it caused them to overflow. All three elements, the wells, the rain, and the next point, they all work together. They all kind of create this perfect flood. Every element is important. With the rain, our, our actions are probably less, no, they are, they're less involved, okay? We can't dig in the clouds, okay? That, we can't do that. We can't, uh, no matter how hard we tried, we can't pull the rain out of heaven. But we can ask. There was a man called Elijah, and James talks about him. He was a human, had the same nature as us, but he prayed, and the heavens were shut up. It didn't rain for years. And then he prayed, and then it did rain. Jesus himself evidenced power over the wind, the waves, the elements. And he also said, greater works will you do. Um, so our job with the rain is to ask, and that's another way to say to pray. And we know we're taught to pray without ceasing. We know, we know we're taught to keep on praying, to not lose hope, persevere like the widow who kept going. 
we've also been in asking mode, okay? We've been in prayer mode. And praise God for what we've received, but I believe we've just been receiving mist. Before the rains came down in Noah's day, there was a mist that would water the earth. That was provision. But kind of like the Israelites, when they were on their way to the promised land, they had manna, but that wasn't the fruit of the promised land. That was to get them to the promise. The mist is not the promise. It's a blessing. But we're not called to just, ah, oh, that's a nice mist, like those like, spray things at amusement parks. It's, that's not our inheritance. Our inheritance is the Ezekiel River that absolutely floods our hearts, floods our communities, and takes us away in the spirit. I have had enough personally in my own life with my control over myself. You know, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control, but I think a lot of times we misinterpret that. Like, yep, I got to have better control of myself. No, that's the opposite. If you are in control of yourself, you're opening the door up to all kinds of mess. That's a, that's a nice way to say it, okay? The fruit of the Spirit, self-control, is the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit of God controls yourself. So as we come into that promise and into that good fruit, it replaces, and that, the other one will masquerade. It's a nice Christian idea. But God never created Christian ideas. He didn't build the edifice of Christianity. He builds his kingdom. He builds his people, his ecclesia, his church. I will build my church, not my Christianity. So um, this flood, just like a big flood comes, you're not in control. You might, you could have the biggest muscles, the smartest brains, but when the force of that water comes, you're at its mercy. So, wells are for digging and drinking. The rain is for asking and receiving. And the river is the third part. The river. And the river is kind of like where we're going. Okay? And I will, uh, I think, if the grace of God continues to move me in this direction, uh, there's a building of this message. There's, it, it builds. The flood is not just the end goal. Okay, the flood is to bring down some things that don't need to stand anymore. And it's also to take us to some places where he wants us to go. And to wash some things off of us that he doesn't want on us. But the flood is also to change the landscape. And uh, I believe I'm going to have Michael next week share uh, an important dream that he had in 2012, which has uh, been something very important for our hope and belief, and it goes right along with this idea of the flood. So a little sneak preview, next week, I believe, if God continues to, to say, to, to nudge me, we're going to talk about the beach or the bay of Wilmore, okay? But tonight, the flood. Now, the river, it, it, 
This is the part where it requires the least amount of participation, okay? It's simply a decision, okay? I love that, you know? And really when it comes down to it, it's all just a decision. You can't give God much more than a yes or a no. If you could, it's performance, it's works, okay? It's just agreement or disagreement, okay? And then every other action comes from that, okay? The simplicity of Christ. He's bringing us out of the Christian confusion. The river comes with the flood. It rushes in. All you have to do is let it take you. You have a say in the matter. You can say, no, no. Or, you know, you could just dip your toe in. And God's kind of merciful enough that he'd probably bless your big toe. The, the big toe of your life. The big toe of your family. The big toe of your day-to-day. And, hey, your big toe blessed by God is way better than, like, not being under the blessing of God. All right? So God bless your big toe. But I encourage you, and I know it's God's desire, for us to be fully immersed in the river of God. Ezekiel saw that river. He kept getting deeper and deeper. He's like, finally it became a river that no human could cross. That's the kind of river God wants to bring. That no human being has mastery over it. Just, and you know what? You just say yes. And Sue just reminded me of a dream she had six years or so ago. And in the dream, she saw Karis and me, and it was a place she was familiar with in Kenya, and she saw this basically impossible stream, a river. It was cascading, kind of like a waterfall, except uphill. Okay, just... And she said, I jumped in, and I was full of joy, just so happy, and just swimming with it. And Car- or Sue was encouraging Karis, go for it, go for it. Karis was a little bit hesitant, okay? I'm not trying to throw shade on my wife here. She's an unbelievable, brave warrior. But we all have hesitations. That's okay. That's okay. We all have fears. That's okay. That's why bravery and courage are so precious to God. Because in the face of fear, we say yes to God. That's bravery. That's courage. It's so meaningful to God. And that opens the door for all kinds of blessings in your life. So, with the river, it's coming to flood. All you got to do is flow. You don't have to figure things out. Jesus didn't have to, oh, man, how am I going to do ministry tomorrow? Uh, no, Father, uh, um, what are we going to do? Uh, who? I'm gonna... He was not concerned. He was not worried. He went with the flow of the Spirit. He's like, oh, whoa, we're going to do the water to wine today. I mean, we weren't even go- I wasn't even going to begin my ministry until Mom told me to. Do you think he just did that to be nice to his mom? As much as he loved Mary, he was not a man or woman pleaser. When she said, do what he tells you, he just told her it wasn't time. When she did that, and she was speaking out of prophetic promises, and when she prophesied that, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit leapt on her words, and the Son of God was commanded and commissioned in a ministry through his mortal mama. The same woman who birthed him physically birthed him into his ministry. Isn't that amazing? Why do you think they call her most blessed of women? Now, we don't worship her, okay? But we, she is a most blessed woman. She got to carry him, birth him, and pat him on the back into his ministry. 
Jesus just went with the flow, okay? Oh, we're going to, Father, you're going to think I'm gross. Spit into the dirt, make the mud, put it on his eyes. And, you know, this guy who's getting his eyes, he's like, wait a second, I heard you got Bartimaeus. You didn't spit in the ground and put mud on his eyes. Hey, wait, I got to do what now? I got to walk to the pool of Siloam? I can't even get that. So he has to be led, and then he follows through, and there we go. You got to go with the flow, all right? Let me read some scriptures because I'm confident of this. Any prophetic word, any um, word that we see or hear from God, it's going to be backed up if it's legitimate. It's going to be backed up by the scriptures. So I'm going to rapid fire some scriptures here. You may want to write some of them down uh, if you want to go back and look at them. First of all, Isaiah 44, 2 and 3. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid. Jacob, my servant, Jeshron, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Now, we could, there's so much here, but I want to move on to the other scriptures to build this theme of God flooding the earth. But I want to just encourage you, in this place where he's talking about the flood, he says, do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, Jeshron, whom I have chosen. Jeshron, he doesn't say that too much in the scriptures. It might be the only place he does. But what does that speak of? That's his little pet name for his people. You know, like the, the person who has nicknames for people. Um, and, you know, yeah, there is the element of some people call others by nicknames because they're kind of making fun of them. But there's the affectionate nickname calling. It's because I, I love you so much. I pay so much attention to you. I look at you. I know your life so much that I'm always thinking of different things to call you. God has a nickname for you. He has nicknames for you. He says, look. I formed you in the womb. I made you, and I will help you. See, he's saying all that stuff. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, cutie. Don't be afraid. The one I've chosen and the one I, you're my servant. You're going to serve others, living water. You're going to flow. Look, don't be afraid. I'm going to pour the spirit out, and it's going to be intense, but don't be afraid. Go with the flow. He's getting us ready for this. Isaiah 59, 19. From the west, people will fear the name of the Lord. And from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. Think of that imagery. This big wave that's been like pent-up or like a, a huge dam. Just bigger than you can imagine. And it's been holding things up, and, and demons have played a part in that because they don't want the flood. That means, you know, they're toast. It's like a pharaoh in the Egyptian army type deal. So they're fighting to keep that wave back, to keep the river back. But God just lets them play around. He's going to only let a delay happen so it can bless his kids more. And bring more glory to him. And 
be a better tool to reach the broken. It's the only reason he allows delay, okay? In fact, he's got, probably got some angels up there who's like, all right, yeah, well, we're actually going to make sure it stays here too, okay? It's all under God's supervision. He's going to come like a pent-up flood, just like the more Jesus waits, <sighs> Father, you know, he humbles himself to not know certain times. He humbled himself to have to hear the time from his mom. He humbled himself up into the last second, though he was so close with the Father, he didn't know until it was happening. It didn't sound like Dad said to him the night before, son, you're going to start tomorrow. He, it didn't sound like he told him a year before, son, it's going to be a year from today. He found out in the moment he went with the flow. Jesus right now has, you think he was ready to go at age 30? And he was. He'd been like, he didn't have any sin problem. He was pure liquid love. He was the perfect son, perfect brother. And he had 30 years of all these promises. He had heard all about what was coming and what he was called to, but he didn't know the time. And he came like a pent-up flood and he poured out all over Israel. Well, God is building tension again within himself and within the person who is also man, God and man, Jesus. And he's got this this pent-up emotion, this rage against the destruction of the enemy, he's like, you destroyers will be destroyed. You just wait till Papa says yes, I'm coming for you. I don't know how much longer, but he said soon. And his people are like, we don't know how much longer, Lord, but you said soon. It's soon. Today, it's soon. Jesus is so ready He's so ready to pour out agape from the Father. He's so ready to make plain the heart of the Father. He's so ready to speak the words of his Father. He's so ready to manifest himself, as 1 John says, to destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He's really pent up with passion. But again, the more he waits, the more passion, the more love the more kindness, the more gentleness he's going to flood into your life and the more destruction, judgment he's going to bring against our adversaries. So wait on the Lord. He's coming like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drops. Jesus' tension, and then you know what the Father does? He doesn't have to speak. it. He doesn't have to say, go, son. He just goes, and Jesus, the breath of Yahweh. All the enemies. That's what we have coming for us. Psalm 29:10. Yahweh sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. He was the king enthroned over the flood in Noah's day that wiped out all the earth except for eight. He is the king enthroned over this flood of mercy and goodness 
over this flood of judgment against the enemy. Habakkuk 2.14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of Yahweh, of the Lord. This is not just like calculated and concentrated study about glory. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod or kabod. It's not just like a word study or an unpacking of scriptures or commentaries, although those can be helpful. It is an intimate knowing of the heavy weighty person of God. The glory is the expression, it's the personhood of God. It's the knowing of his heart, who he is. It's he pours his heart out and we are arrested and overwhelmed by who he is. Who he is. The knowing of his glory. And how are we going to do it? How is the earth going to know? We're going to know it in what way? As the waters cover the sea. As the waters, I mean the sea and the water, I mean it's all, I mean, completely filled in every part. The earth is going to be filled in every part with the knowing of who he is. And how is that going to happen? Through you, his people. The fitness and nutrition world is to know the knowledge of the glory of God. And he has marked these to take him into that. He's not just going to throw it up on a screen and like this orb of fitness and nutrition, the glory of God, you know, is, is invading that area. Well, how is he going to invade it? Through real people, through persons with names, with natures, Nothing's like us. He wants to use you to permeate those parts. He wants to fill you with the knowledge of who he is so the earth can know who he is through you in your specific area of Holy Spirit expertise. Let me go on with these scriptures. Isaiah 11, 9, it's, Basically the same idea. I want to hit it again. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of Yahweh as the sea is full of water. The sea is totally full of water, you know. It's totally full of water. That's how God is going to fill the earth with the knowing of him. It's not on you. It's not on your prayers or your fasting although God uses those. It is not on your twisting of God's arm. You can't make him do anything. But you can receive when he fills the earth. You can participate. You can be a vessel through which he flows in that way. Now, let me come back to some of our points. Remember wells? We dig the wells. So Genesis 26, 18, and Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that the father had given them. Years ago, when we were part of Foundations Fellowship, one of the guys who 
um, we ran with Derek Sanders. Uh, it was in his house where we met Megan for the first time in 2012. Ten years uh, of, of worshiping the Lord with Megan. It's awesome. Well, Derek said one time that the Lord spoke to his heart and said, there are seven wells in Wilmore. And that word was backed up in some stark ways. It was just like, whoa, wow, um, that I, I don't need to go into right now. But it was years later when the Lord was reminding me of the seven wells in Wilmore. And he began moving on my heart, confirming that, and even gave me some specific names for the different wells. I don't want to go into that right now. Like I said, there's so many layers we could go into, but just like there were names for these wells, I believe there are names for the spiritual wells in this area. And they're connected because we're, we are not our, our own. We're gods, but we're also the offspring, the spiritual offspring of those who've come before us. We want to give all that we are, pour our lives out for those who come after us. We want to fully receive what those before us did. You honor your fathers and mothers that it may go well with you in the land. If we have this sneaky spirit of rebellion or pride that, oh, they didn't get it right. We got the spirit. God's like, that stinks. I'm going to have to take you back around the mountain and get a humble your heart. Just because he's increased his knowledge in us a little more than the past, well, of course he's going to do that, just like he's going to continue to do that. The increase of his government will know no end. He's going upward, all right? But we still have to humble ourselves and thank God for these servants and be thankful to them for the way they partnered to get us into this place of grace. We redig the wells of our fathers. We honor the prayers that have been prayed in the past, the prophetic proclamations that have been proclaimed over this land. We participate with the cloud of witnesses. We carry on the good work that began in that land far away. We've been digging the wells. We've even done some prophetic acts years ago on Adventure Serve Grounds um, related to uh, the wells and the wells springing up. I won't go through all those things right now, but uh, we've been digging the wells. And as I said earlier, the analogy is it's been dirty, it's been difficult, it's been arduous. Um, in those kind of conditions, your emotions aren't always perfectly in tension with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 12, 3, another well um, reference with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. I will tell you this. One of the names of the wells in Wilmore that I believe uh, is called salvation, the well of salvation. Uh, I know you guys are very deep in God, and so you're probably aware of this, but I'll repeat it anyway. Salvation um, is not fully explained by a person saying yes to the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ and because of that, his Holy Spirit dwelling in them. That is an entrance. But salvation is this wonderful developing reality in our lives. That's why Paul said we work out our own salvation 
with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God who, who wills and work with, works within us. He is continuing to unfold all that he saved us from, all the selfishness that we've been delivered from, all the demonic confusion and deception that we've been delivered from. Now, in, it's already done. It's finished. But here in September of 2022, in each of our own lives, in our own timeline, we are in this process of being saved from those lies, from those vices in our own lives, from our own hearts that just, you know, go the opposite way of God. He is pulling us out. And I tell you what, when the well really comes up, you guys, we're going to be so saved. We are going to be so delivered from narcissism. There's a plague. There's a, been a demonic plague of like dark, junky oil, like a, like a really dirty, used up oil, oil spill. <clears throat> was 2010, was that when we had the oil spill down in the Gulf? Was, that, was it that, that? Somewhere around then. And it was just terrible. It was everywhere. It caused all kinds of problems. I believe the enemy for the last decade plus, and he's always been doing this, but it's been real aggressive, just spreading bile all over. It's the opposite of the cleansing waters of salvation. It's been like damnation and every nasty thing that comes from hell. And even though we have been bought by the blood of Jesus, we've had so much of this junk coming on us that we've been fighting through it and like, oh, and we, we end up backbiting against one another, falling into like stuff that we hadn't fallen into since, you know, in, in other times of our life. It's been a nasty process. But when the well of salvation really bursts forth, it's going to drive that stuff out around us and within us. We're going to be so clean, so free. We're going to really demonstrate the truth. The truth is we are one with Christ. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, I would welcome anyone right now, because I don't think it's going to interrupt me. I would welcome anyone in this room <laughs> to testify to how your waking and sleeping hours have demonstrated you being one spirit with the Lord in the last couple weeks. I bet there's been some selfishness, even if you've become really crafty at keeping it under the surface and, you know, being a good boy or good girl to others in your lives. I'm telling you. We have a lot we need to be saved from. It's already been paid for. It hasn't yet been worked out in our lives, but it's going to be because we are going to be a pure and spotless bride. That's the promise. Jesus is coming back to a pure bride. He's coming back as the head to a fully mature body. The flood is coming to help us, and with joy, we're going to drink from the wells of salvation. Let me move on. I've got a couple more scriptures here. Joel 2.23, be glad, again, that joy, O children of Zion, and rejoice, again, in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. Vindication, the injustice against you. He has poured down for you abundant rain and the latter rain as before. Just like God poured down from heaven to flood the earth in the days of Noah, just like he poured down 
to water the earth after the drought and the famine in Elijah's day. He is going to flood from heaven. He's going to rain on us. We all know those songs, you'll come like the rain, rain down on us. Open up the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. Those are God-given songs to the body of Christ. We've been crying it out, even when we didn't realize it. Like you're just kind of like kind of doing the thing. Let it rain. Let it rain. God's still using that. He is using that. He's like, even in your weakness, I'm, yep, I heard the prayer. I'm, yeah, I, that's the way I've set things up. You cry out, I answer. And there's been a whole lot more than just like inattentive, like, eh, singing. We've had some anointed individuals for hundreds of years crying out for this rain, for this flood that's been pent up in the heart of the Son of God. He's going to rain on us, and vindication is coming. Ezekiel 47, 5 through 6, and also the end of verse 9. He measured off another thousand. This is Ezekiel talking about this angel. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And I ask you, I believe Jesus is asking, son of man, daughters of mankind, do you see this flood? Do you see this with your spirit? Do you see it in the eyes of your heart with faith? Do you see this? What I'm speaking about through this dude, what I'm backing up by what I've proclaimed in the scriptures thousands of years ago, do you see this, sons and daughters? Then in verse 9, so where the river flows, everything will live. Just like we had that nasty demonic oil that brought death, the waters of salvation bring us life. Not just, ah, I get to breathe. No, the Greek is zoe. Full, abundant life. Everything that Jesus paid for with his blood. It says in the Old Testament, life is in the blood. What kind of life did he pay for, for you? Not just a ticket to stay with him in eternity. Praise God for that. But he paid for you to have your full Zoe experience on the earth. That's what he paid for. May he get nothing less than what he paid for. Psalm 46.4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. You see this theme of the wells and the river and the rain. Rejoice, be glad. Be glad, O children of Zion, because the rain's coming. With joy, draw water from the wells of salvation. A river whose streams make glad the city of God. And whether you're a Wilmoron or a Lexingtonian, wherever you are, that's God's city. You agree with him that this, the, the whole earth belongs to him and all the fullness thereof. So you are posted where you are on divine assignment. And even if outwardly it doesn't look like you're saving the city, 
He doesn't need outward actions. He'll use them. He needs a heart that says, this is your city, oh God. This is your city. Your streams make glad this city. You're coming like a pent-up flood. It's not complicated. We already know that's his will. Revelation 22, 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So much we could unpack there. I feel the grace to be punctual tonight, okay? We're going to end by seven. We've got about six minutes till. I'm going to give you some quick hits. God desires to flood our hearts. Romans declares that it's already done. He has shed abroad. He has flooded our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. Romans 5, 5. He wants that fully to be realized in our life and experienced. Paul prayed that we would know the heights and the depths, the length, the width, that we would know the fullness of God's agape. And that word there is to know it by experience. He wants to be the king enthroned over the flood of your heart. But he also wants to be the king enthroned over the flood of the city. You see those last two verses? There's a river that makes glad the city of God. There's a river that flows from God's throne, clear as crystal, the river of the waters of life. And it nourishes a tree of life whose leaves heal every ethnos, every person group, whose fruit makes impact wherever it's received. So I pray that God ignites your faith to believe in this flood. The flood, I believe before this is all said and done, again, the timing is difficult, not, not to the father, he's got it. But we see in part, we know in part. Okay, timing, we even know less. I know that by experience, by the way. Um, it's been a long time since I've been believing for this stuff, a long time I've been proclaiming it. Uh, I thought back in 2006 it was coming the next day. So it's been a little bit of a wait. But, hey, Noah, you know, when he was preparing, did it for 100, 120 years or something like that, 100 years. But this is not a flood of destruction for humans, Okay. This flood is destruction for the enemy's camp, bringing down strongholds, bringing down wicked thrones, collapsing, like on Lord of the Rings where there's the, that flood's coming down there and takes down the, the wicked, takes down the towers, okay? God wants to flood, and he wants to take down the towers of religion and rebellion in Wilmore, Kentucky. He wants to take them down. He wants his watchtower set up. He wants his thrones established. 
his big throne, but he doesn't like to reign alone. It says they shall reign with him on the earth. They is you. Okay? So I pray that you're encouraged about the flood. I pray that God uses you to welcome in the flood. Honestly, I, I believe where we're at, um, it, it's just a decision. It's already been settled. Like the word in the Psalms where it says, your word is settled in the heavens. He's already decided. I'm flooding the earth. I mean, it's kind of clear with the scriptures I read. Um, but I believe he's speaking that. I'm going to flood Wilma. I'm going to flood central Kentucky. Nobody's going to stop me. Only question is when exactly and what's it going to look like? <laughs> it's going to look a lot different uh, than we probably think, even than the most prophetic of us have foreseen. It's, it's going to be holy. Holy means other than. God's going to have his holy flood. Your job when it comes is just to let it take you away. All right? I look forward to that. But until then, let's receive his mist, his dew. He's faithful, okay? Just like the same idea of manna. He's faithful to give us our allotment each day. Just like the dew comes each day. He's faithful, okay, to give you your dew. And I want to end it by saying your due, part of your due, is some of those prophetic things he's spoken over you. We live by every word that proceeds from his mouth, okay? When we are not receiving what proceeds from his mouth, that's where death starts to have more of a hold on us than he wants. We live on the, the words that proceed. We live, we live. Father, I thank you for the words that you speak from heaven into our hearts. Thank you for the gift of prophecy. Uh, Father, I pray that we would not despise it in our hearts, but I also pray that we would continue to grow up. You would mature it from infancy into adulthood in our lives and in the church um, in central Kentucky, in America, in the world, worldwide body of Christ. Would you establish prophetic voices uh, um, of firm foundations like Isaiah, Ezekiel? Um, would you establish those Jeremiah and uh, Daniel-like prophets for us and uh, help them steward the prophetic gift? And would you awaken the prophetic gift in all of us? Because you say through Paul, you may all prophesy. So Lord, may there be more prophetic things stirred up in every heart. Um, and may we just have the humility to develop with you in it. We look forward to your flood. And I, just as I, seven and a half years ago, Lord, uh, proclaimed the, the, the forecast of the coming flood, I tonight proclaim the fulfillment of the flood. And it's your business when that actually manifests. But it's more than a forecast, Lord. It's more than a forecast. And we say yes and amen to your flood, the threefold flood. We say yes to the wells, yes to the rain, and yes to the river. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, just being here is a blessing. And that's all really God. He just doesn't expect much from us. He just want, he, he doesn't expect. He wants us. Wants us to show up and look to him. I hope the home churches are amazing for everybody. If you're not plugged in, please get plugged in to one of them. Um, we, could, uh, we would love some help putting the sound stuff up. Thank you to Ken who filled in tonight while Uncle Tim was gone. Appreciate all the servant hearts here. Have an awesome week.
blessings to you guys.